Hey, this is Homer Hargrove. I'm the pastor of Grape Top Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for connecting with our family today, and I hope this message inspires you and that it makes a difference in your life. Enjoy the message. So, talking about sex this whole month, we've talked about a lot. We talked about the pure pleasure of sex. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. <laughs> sorry. Well, you're okay. <laughs> Um, we talked about that. We talked about how, uh, pervert, the perversion of sex yeah. is, which is really just an alteration of what was intended by sex. Yeah. Um, the alteration of it, of how it really consumes you and that it, it doesn't just, uh, it, you, if you give an inch, it takes a mile. Yeah. Um, it's a weird measurement. Yeah. Um, and then today we're talking about manipulation. Yeah. Um, and so really what, my heart is as we talk about manipulation today um some of y'all might be like really excited tuning in thinking like are we going to talk about that that one girl that one boy that manipulated me that whole relationship Mm -hmm. that's something that you just need to cut off forget about then like stop going back to it today we're going to be talking about like how really sex has been so manipulated in in our world but i think more so personalized with us um feel like this this topic of sex has been so manipulated by um the enemy really mm-hmm. to convince us of this 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 huge struggle going on with inside of us that we're losing and that we can never win um and so i want to start off by really t- talking about that addressing the ongoing struggle of every individual when it comes to sex okay. um like we said in the last couple uh messages Sex is kind of something that no one really talks about at church, mm-hmm. um, and people like to talk about it out, you know, in the world or whatever you want to call that, like just in society. Yeah. Um, and I really believe that a lot more people talk about it than are actually doing it. Um, yeah. And when it comes into the church, so let's focus on the church, bring church, it back. Yeah. Um, I feel like this topic of sex is something that no one talks about because everyone's struggling with, mm-hmm. and I find that most people that get fired up for God um, really want to have this life change but when it comes to the sex arena they have this huge struggle on the inside of themselves of um, whether they they keep falling into sex or whether they keep you know can't control themselves (laughs) what it's just like something about sex just is like everyone's tipping point um, to where when they fall, they are, uh, and they fall, or they fall over and over, or what they just can't get a grasp on it. They it always leads people away from God, thinking that they can never please Him. Yeah. Um, and so I want us to uh, to look at the idea of temptation. So temptation is is really something that the devil has founded on the attempted manipulation of truths, and that's that's our idea about manipulation today is how. We are truly manipulated over and over when it comes to, to sin, to temptation. God bless you. Excuse me. Thank you. Fun fact. Did you know that um, the reason that people say God bless you is because in ancient Greece, uh, they believed that sneezing was an omen from the gods mm-hmm. because it was, un- it was something that was involuntary uh, involuntary, and that you can't control. So it, must have, it was an omen. And so it was typically God's bless you. Yeah. That's fun um, facts with Homer. He has yeah. tons of them. Yeah, it's very uh, insignificant. But anyway. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> um, yeah, Welcome God bless Nicole. you. Uh, so uh, I want to read about the first temptation that we see that Jesus 
struggles with. It's the only ones, the temptations of Jesus. We're going to just look at Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 4. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For forty days and forty nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And so this verse is really, at first glance, seems really simple, but it has so much depth to it because, um, first off, Jesus is tempted when he's weak. And I think that's uh, one thing that people need to realize when, it's, when it comes to the idea of, of, say, temptation, is that you're most likely to be tempted when you're tired. Like, just, just take a step back practically when you're tired when you're hungry, even if you're just stressed out, that is when you're most likely to be tempted. Um, I remember when I, when like early on in my Christianity, when I was struggling with this temptation of, of sex and lust and all that, I, I started noticing that, oh, well, whenever I'm, if I'm angry or if I'm uh, emotional, if I'm hungry or tired, I'm tempted more. So I just need to make sure I practically take care of myself yeah. to where I never experienced those things. Mm-hmm. Idiot, right? You you are a gun you're gonna experience hunger, you're gonna experience anger, you're gonna, you're gonna experience all of these things of weak, you know, quote unquote weakness mm-hmm. at some point or another. And so to to think that you you can just avoid being weak is is a foolish misconception mm-hmm. and it will only lead you into falling into the same thing again and making yourself be manipulated into thinking that you're broken, that there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing to point out is that that um, when the devil tempts him, and Jesus, he uses scripture to try to manipulate Jesus. Mm-hmm. He uses a, a little bit of truth mixed in with lies to to try to persuade Jesus into something. Mm-hmm. And I want us to take a step back and look at like our let's look at our conscious decisions of engaging in uh, premarital sex or um, any kind of sexual sin and typically don't we justify ourselves uh, I, I feel I'll, I'll speak on from like stories that people have talked with me or tried to tell me of why it's okay blah 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 and I'm talking from a Christian standpoint okay so if, with not being a Christian it doesn't matter you know do whatever you want but from a Christian faith-filled standpoint the idea of of using scripture to uh, people have used scripture to try to justify sinful actions and here that's exactly what the devil does and when you do not know the full scope of scripture you will you will so easily fall into a manipulated doctrine or manipulated belief that allows you to to live contrary to the way that God asks us to live yeah um and the, way, the only way that Jesus simply confounds this manipulated tactic was by knowing the full extent of truth. Not just the coffee cup version truth, but uh, meaning like the scripture that people put on coffee mugs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, he, he goes to the full scripture. He, know, he, he goes to another text. Instead of just staying in Psalms, he went to Deuteronomy. I mean, he went to a whole other book to give reason that of contradiction to what the devil was saying 
And what the point that I'm making is that he was not just using one part of the Bible to to pull his doctrine or to to pull uh, pull what he was going to do or say. He used multiple parts of Scripture, multiple parts of the Bible to fully grasp what he believed and what he stood on. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm really getting at is that you need to read the whole Bible. Yeah. Uh, don't just read uh, bits and pieces. Don't just read the New Testament. Jesus uses Deuteronomy in the Old Testament uh, to, to answer the devil in this, this tactic. Um, and so I'm, I, before I get off into the weeds, mm-hmm. let me just read this. Yeah. Uh, I want to say that the devil will always try to cause you to doubt what you stand on, whether it's faith morals, or even people that have stood by you. His goal is to divide and conquer. And that is to divide you from whatever it is that has been helping you. Mm-hmm. I, I notice a typical thing that when people are going through struggles or temptation, that they end up pushing those who have helped them the most away. Mm-hmm. The devil's game is to divide and conquer. Divide you from the people that truly want to help you, truly want to care about you, the people that you can be accountable to, transparent to, that really want to see you grow in faith. He always causes people to just believe this lie that they need to push them away. And that I, I find that they typically over, whether it's months or years, they always come back and, and have a, just a realization that that was a wrong move. So before I keep going and ranting, why don't you share what you think about all this, Lauren? Yeah. Um, I def- definitely, as we start with the first point, like the ongoing struggle, the truth is, is we all have talked about already and we all know that it's a struggle. And so we all recognize, Homer and I recognize that whatever, wherever season you're in, whether you're single, married, whatever, you know, these sexual temptations will be there and they are a struggle. So we acknowledge that yeah. and we understand, you know, and, and it's just so interesting, like how the enemy works, you know, he comes to us when we're vulnerable and you might think you're on top of the world like, oh, I'm, I'm not having sex anymore. I'm doing good. I haven't fallen to this and this and And you're starting to feel like, I think I finally like got this. And before you know it, it sucks. But sometimes the enemy will just come when you least expect it, when you're feeling vulnerable mm-hmm. in some way, whether it's a practical, you know, physical thing or not, whatever it is, or just a spiritual attack, you know. And so the enemy, I always envision him, like even with this story about how he's tempting Jesus, like he literally is just so messed up, you know, he'll literally hang the bait and say, you want this. And of course you want it. You go to it. And as soon as you grab what the devil himself is saying, here, take this. What does he do? He right after that says, how could you? What a horrible Christian. You should feel shame. And he starts pouring shame and guilt on your head. The very one who is saying this is good for you. Why don't you do it? Is the very one who right after you take Satan's bait will literally be the one that pours a shame over you and make you feel like this horrible Christian. And that's how the devil works. You know, we don't recognize like, oh, that was the devil, you know. Uh, no, I'm just like this horrible person and I can't get it right. And the truth is, is he wants us to trip up as Christians, especially in this topic of sex. We've already talked about, you know, we, we talked about why in, in, in the other uh, messages, but we just have to understand that he's going to bring you in and kick you to the curb and make you feel shame. But at the end of the day, you know, that is not God's heart for us to live in shame. He understands the struggle's role. Even Jesus was tempted in different ways, you know, but what did he do? He had knowledge of the word. He understood scripture to where when the enemy came, when the enemy comes in our life and says this, this, and this, why don't you do this? It's okay to dabble in that area a little bit. It's okay to do this because of this. And he twists it, you know, 
because Jesus knew what's up, he's like, nah, dude, like the scripture also says this. He knew the full, um, you know, story of the scripture. So my point is with all that is saying, you know, the more that you take time to understand the word, um, you don't have to know it overnight. The more you're going to be able to be aware of the enemy's tricks and be able to really have in your heart and know the full truth of how to really fight those battles, which we're going to talk about in a second. And it also makes me think of this um, before we move on. I'm not Mm. trying to go too much is those of you who have been in relationships or dating, whatever it looks like, there's also people (laughs) that will distort scripture to get what they want from you, okay? And so please don't be that guy or that girl who is easily manipulated because they say, they claim to be a Christian or they claim to have some sort of morals or they come into this relation like, oh, I like you, yeah, let's stay pure. Like, oh, you don't have sex? Oh, okay, yeah, I'm totally about it. But yet they're already scheming a plan in their head to manipulate you into little by little giving into sexual desires and before you know it, you're having sex again when you didn't intend to. And so be cautious of people who will manipulate you, manipulate scripture and say, well, the Bible says this, this, and this. You got to know your scripture, girl, like, and guys, (laughs) you know, you got to know what you stand for. If you're simply just standing for purity and some guys already trying to like do their thing with you, just please snip it because they're going to try harder and harder. Like if that's not what you want, you, you have the power to stand strong. Get out of that relationship before you find yourself doing the very thing you don't want to do. Yeah. You know? And so watch out for those who manipulate you as well because they're out there and they sound very clever. So those are my thoughts. Yeah. And, and that's really powerful that you're even sharing with us that this is a struggle that uh, is not going to stop. I mean, the devil, it, later on in, this, in the same chapter, at the end of these temptations, it says that the devil left him until another opportune time. Mm-hmm. That he, he's still, there's more temptations of Jesus that we don't see in Scripture, but that it alludes to. And so you have to understand that you need to really get a foundation of truth in your life and you, uh, so, so that you stop at the beginning. Like to, I, I think it said that the, the worst battle to be in is the one that you don't recognize that you're in. Yeah. The, the worst fight to be in is the, wor- is the one that you don't realize you're in. And this, this first idea is to just understand that this struggle that we are experiencing, that, that yes, we have our own human nature, but that there is a, a devil that is his, one of his names is the accuser. He's yeah. the tempter. And he's literally uh, going around trying to tempt people into um, this area of guilt and shame so that he could accuse us before God, so that yeah. he could accuse us in our hearts. Um, to make us to run away from God because we feel so unworthy. Yeah. Um, let's go into winning our battles, winning your battles. And I really believe that the only way to beat being deceived um, into this, this, this life of uh, temptation, this life of sexual sin or immorality, is by a transparent accountability. A transparent accountability and by knowing the truth well enough to stand on it. And so that's two things that we just said. The first is having a transparent accountability. The Bible says to confess your sins to to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. That's in James chapter 5 verse 16. This verse is really powerful. It says confess your sins to one another so that you can be healed. Notice that it doesn't say to be forgiven. 
There's other scriptures, tons of scripture that says confess your sins to God so that you'll be forgiven. But here it says confess your sins to each other so that you may be healed. It's talking about like being healed from that guilt, from that shame, from that burden that you picked up. The Bible describes sin as a weight, as a yoke, Mm -hmm. as something that is a burden you're carrying. And in this scripture, it's saying confess your sins to each other so that you can throw off that weight, Mm -hmm. so that you can throw off that burden. And notice how at the end it says that the prayer, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. This is saying a righteous person as they're confessing sins to one another. It's, it's not saying confess your sins to a person who has not sinned. <laughs> it says confess your sins to each other, like meaning back and forth. And it's saying that that person is still righteous. It's, it's showing that the grace of God is, is that it's going back to where the scripture says that we are credited righteousness and that even when we fall that the grace of God, the covenant God has made with you and me doesn't so easily drop by, by a nail just because of, of one mistake. It, it, the, the Holy Spirit doesn't just leave so easily. God has made a big commitment to you and I. Mm-hmm. And even though it, um, that doesn't mean that we can just live wildly and, and do whatever we want, we cannot trample on the blood of Jesus. We cannot trample on this good gift that God has given us. But when we fall short, his covenant is stronger to hold yeah. us up. We're not letting him down. Mm-hmm. He is holding us up. Mm-hmm. And so you have to understand and believe in your heart that you are saved by faith, yeah. not by how good you are, not by how pure you think you are, but by faith. And that when we confess our sins to one another, it builds us back up after we have fallen down. That's simply what the scripture is saying. And so if you've been so like messed up in your head, you've been beating yourself up, you've already started isolating yourself, you need to like go to somebody and, and tell them what you're going through. Someone that you trust, someone that is a believer, a Christian that you can talk to with and and open up to about what you're struggling with so that you can be healed of, of that burden that you picked up. Mm-hmm. And the um, and I strongly believe that when you have like a transparent accountability, especially when you have a struggle that, that you just can't shake off, when you have an accountability partner, someone that you can just really tell anything to, um, you, you, can, you can really start to grow as, as a Christian, as a believer, to um to start like uh to where you're uh, i'm getting fumbled in my words um that when you start giving uh being transparent and accountable to another believer somebody that you can trust it just gives you that much more strength in an area that you're weak yeah um before i go on to the the second half of this about um about knowing truth do you have anything that you want to add or comment on for this part lauren um i just think that just as we have found out, like, even in our walk and, like, um, just, like, this whole topic, really, like, and even as a church, like, we've shared with y'all before, like, our, one of our main core values is victory happens with transparency. And with transparency and having somebody you can talk to about, you know, there's things that people struggle with. They're like, oh, yeah, I struggle with, you know, coveting. Like, I just want everything. I just want to, you know, steal that person's car. You know, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, it's a joke. But... <laughs> 
<laughs> but what I'm saying, but then there's some struggles and some sins that we are so afraid to talk about. And why are we afraid to talk about it? Because mm. first of all, we feel like we're the only ones. Mm. Second of all, the enemy puts so much shame on us that we feel so guilty, so shameful, so dirty. So embarrassed. So embarrassed, you know, and... And we, it's, to me, it's those two things. You feel like, oh, no one else, you know, and if I go to someone like a Christian that I trust, like, yeah, I trust them and stuff. Like, they won't judge me, but they're going to, like, judge me. Like, deep down, like, they won't show me, but they're going to be like, how could they struggle with that? But here's the thing is, like we already said, people are struggling all yeah. over the world. The Bible even says that the temptations we face, like, other believers are facing them, you know? And and the truth is, is that there's so, when you muster up the courage to be transparent and I acknowledge and know that being transparent with those really you know secretive deep struggles that you may or may not have uh, but those things when you finally get the courage to find someone not just someone at the grocery store you know you're shopping like hey by the way man I had sex again last night like I was really trying not to no not like that (laughs) It's some, grocery store. it's some comedic relief bay life. There by the bananas, like, speaking of. Yeah, oh God. yeah you don't want to do that. You want to find someone um, that you truly can trust. So when you find someone and you feel like, you know, you, you found someone you can trust, it's so important to talk about it. And even though it's difficult, I feel like the times that we've, you know, had some serious talks and really talked about those things oh my goodness, the weight literally is off of your shoulders. You are healed. You know, when you pray for each other, it really feels, you already feel a sense of victory over that struggle. A sense of like, okay, I've exposed it. I've gotten out. I've talked about it. I feel this victory. And it really begins the steps to freedom in your life. And so just know that there's nothing to be ashamed of. You know, the struggle is real like we talked about, but it is so important yeah. to talk about it. And it makes me think of that verse that says, strip off every weight that holds you down so you can run the race before you. Things like Hebrews 12, 2 or something like yeah. that. And and the point is, is, you know, just like Homer said, it puts a weight on you. So strip that weight off so that you can continue moving forward. And, and if you feel like even in your Christian walk, like I feel so sluggish, or I feel so heavy, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, I'm just, it's just so overwhelming. I can't seem to shake it. You know, those are those those weights that are holding you down because at the end of the day, the enemy's plan is, like Homer said as earlier to divide you not only from God, from life-giving community. Yeah. And what happens is little by little, you won't notice it until you're there. You're totally back to your old life, your old ways, your old friends, your old habits, your own your old cycles of toxic relationships. And you and I both know you don't want that. That's yeah. not where you're at and you want to move forward, but you have to recognize it now, be transparent now, and deal with it now because it doesn't get easier. Um, and so, yeah, it just makes me think of that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I really like the the imagery that you're describing about when you tell somebody that you literally go from the feeling of defeated mm-hmm. to feeling victorious. Yeah. That as, as soon as you start confessing to someone else, someone that you can trust, And um, it's why it's so important to have godly people in your life that can speak into your life. And that that requires access to you, transparency from you. But when you do that, it has great power and produces wonderful results. And and it really gives birth to growth and liberty in your life. But it requires you to give access to people Mm -hmm. um, and let people speak into your life. And, and so the other side of that coin that we are saying is that that um, knowing the truth well enough to stand on it. 
I really feel like um, there's so many times where, where even as pastors now, Christians have asked us, well, is this okay or is this bad? I remember even when I first gave my life to Christ and calling a random person and a, a person I knew that was like churchy and asking them like, hey, is this a sin? Um, and they're like, yeah, that's definitely a sin. And I was like, oh man, well, what's the point? And I was so confused, but it's because I didn't know what truth was. Yeah. And and really just knowing truth requires you to just read scripture. Yeah. You, you need, every Christian should have a, a, a good foundation of scripture. It doesn't mean you have to, to you know, know it front to back but you have to know what's in there you need to get an idea of what's in there you you know it's it's the most unread even though it's the most widely sold book in the world the bible is the the number one selling book in the entire world i feel like sometimes it's the least read book in the world um especially in the states Mm -hmm. In in the in uh, Hosea chapter four verse six it says, "My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed by na- lack of knowledge." And and I really believe that it is so important to to study scripture because blind faith is good. Blind faith when you first give your life to Christ and you just have this abundance of faith. It's where it's like blind faith. You just believe. You don't even need to understand. That's great at the beginning. But why would you not want to go deeper into this thing that you just committed your entire life to? Why why would you just scratch the surface? Mm -hmm. It's like going to a buffet, a a Chinese buffet, and just grabbing the fortune cookies and leaving. It's like, why would you just get that? That's that's just the... the, It's horrible. Yeah. I don't even know what to describe that as. It's just the stuff. Yeah, yeah. No. Why would I use a buffet as a? It sounds good right now. Is we started a new yeah. diet? That's yeah. why. Um, <laughs> anyway, I hope y'all are getting this. What I'm saying is that you you need to really just encourage yourself by reading scripture, and scripture just equips you. It just equips you to do every good work. Mm-hmm. And then fi- uh, finally, we need to talk about the dust, uh, the dust settling with time, dust settling with time, and. I really believe that each person, um, each person is really like it. the Bible describes sexuality in in so many different analogies. And one analogy that it gives is like a well, and and Proverbs it says, why why would you drink from a muddied well? Mm-hmm. Um, why why would you pour your water into a muddied fountain? Mm-hmm. And we are all uh, when it comes to s- sexuality, um, we are all just like these separate wells. Um, and when we are just allowing anybody into our well, it muddies our waters. Mm-hmm. And some of us, a lot of us, mm-hmm. have gotten just super murky wells going on right now. <laughs> we, we got super murky wells either right now or from our past, and the, it still looks muddy. And because of the, the lifestyle that we are trying to hold on to, every time the, the, the mud starts to settle a little bit, we just shake it all up again. Yeah. And the only way to clear a muddied well, the only way to clear a muddied pond is by letting the dust settle, letting all the mud settle. And that only happens with time. There's no other way to clear 
a cloudy well like that except by letting it all settle Mm -hmm. and what i'm getting at is that honestly if we if we try becoming a christian and trying to pursue this new lifestyle um this idea of holiness this idea of even waiting to have sex until you're married i mean for a lot of us when we first gave our lives to Christ, I was like, what? <laughs> like, you serious? You're going to take it that far? <laughs> and, but when you make that kind of commitment, how, how much it honors God. Yeah. I mean, to give, to trust God with that. Yeah. I remember I, I was, it was really hard for me to stop smoking weed because it was difficult for me to trust God with my peace. Mm. It's another level to trust God with your pleasure. I mean, Holy moly, that's a level of trust. Yeah. And sex is one of the most pleasurable things in the world. Mm-hmm. Go back to first week podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's the most pleasuring thing in the world. And to trust God with that, that takes incredible faith in how much it honors Him. Yeah. And so when you're in this pursuit of, of deciding to do it, honestly, a lot of a lot of you guys need to let the water settle in your life. Some of you guys need to just like hold off on dating or seeing anybody for a minute, a hot minute, so that you can allow the Holy Spirit to really renew the way you think about relationships. Yeah. Allow the Holy Spirit to renew your heart, to give you a new heart that has new desires to where you're not just desiring to hump anything that moves. <laughs> to where where you have a heart that desires a companionship over I don't know another word that's like sex. Se- <laughs> yeah. uh, over just like getting off. Yeah, okay. You, you, <laughs> you need to allow the Holy Spirit to change the way you think about marriage, about sex, about all of this stuff. And it requires you to just allow some time. I mean, you're going to be alive for a long time. All right. You, most of us, we're, we're, we, I mean, we made it this far, right? Yeah. And so you might need to just give some couple months. Some of you guys need to dedicate a whole year to just be like, whoa, like I need to slow down and just really solidify my relationship with God. Yeah. Because if I, this is a big commitment of me trusting in God and I need God to renew my, the way I think. Yeah. Um, in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to rest to test and approve what God's will. Uh, you Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. This verse is literally saying to let the Holy Spirit renew the way that you think so that you can understand God's will for your life. Yeah. So isn't that like people's number one question when they become a Christian? Yeah. So like, what's my purpose? What's my, mm-hmm. What's God's will for my life? Dude, just allow some time for your waters to settle and then you'll be able to see clearly. And the other thing I wanted to say about this is that this is also true when you're confused about something. You need to just let the water settle. Everything's all shaken up. Even if it's something not dealing with sex, but like a job or a career path or like a move. Dude, just sleep on it. That's like the best advice I've ever received in my life. Sleep on it and see how you feel tomorrow, next week, a month. Just wait and let the water settle. And, and the other thing that this is really true about is, is for relationships. Mm-hmm. Dude, like if you've had a streak of really bad relationships, it's because you constantly are, are getting manipulated and you're, you're being attracted to 
these manipulative people. Yeah. It's showing a sign of gullibility, mm-hmm. and it's also showing a a a, a, a self destructive desire that you have. Yeah. And so, if that's the case where it's repeated, you need to allow the dust to settle in your relationship life, so that you can really figure out what you want, and so that you can better identify to and be ready to say no when something that you don't want comes up. Yeah. And I really feel like when you allow the time to to time to let the the dust settle, you it will just tell you. Time will tell you what your gut has been feeling. It, you'll just either see it clearly or your gut feeling would just be like, nah, I just don't feel right about this. And the more that you wait, the louder that gut feeling is, the clearer that gut feeling is. Um, so before I, uh, before I finish this up, what, what are your thoughts on this last yeah. point? I mean, there's a lot to say on that. I mean, it's just a really good point. And um, it just makes me think of um, sometimes it, it's, it, it seems intimidating to take time away from uh, maybe it's relationships or these same toxic habits that are getting you to where you don't want to be. But it's possible, you know. Um, it makes me think of uh, before I met Homer, you know, I, I was a, yeah, my, my dream man still is. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, I really lucked out. But um, before that. <laughs> I did, babe. You know, <laughs> this guy. So before that, um, you know, I gave my life to Christ when I was um, like 18. And I was really trying to pursue holiness, purity, all that kind of stuff. And but I kept getting tripped up in different relationships, and um, not as frequent, but just you know, just toxic relationships. And I remember uh, finally coming to a place um, where I had probably one of the worst relationships in my life, extremely to- toxic. Where I finally was like, okay, God, no more. You know, sometimes enough is enough. You know, and and um, it would be great to to make the decision to to get away from that before feeling that way. Um, but enough is enough sometimes. And I even remember before that last toxic relationship, you know, finding Homer, my dream man. I even remember because I was a Christian, and I remember one day praying about it and asking, like, God, is this okay to date this person? And I felt a very strong red flag. I don't know how to explain it, but I felt really ugly inside. And my mom, who's watching, will even say and admit that she even said, Lauren, I don't like this guy. You know, moms, no. Um, And so, yeah, it wasn't good. And what did I do? I kind of justified it and thought like, oh, no, 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 and went with it. So without even giving that story more attention, um, it was bad. And God was right, and so was my mother. And um, after that, I finally decided to put my hands up said, I'm done, God. I remember taking months. I can't say it was a year, but it was months and months where I finally decided, God, it's me and you. I even had this cute little girly journal that says, Jesus is my BFF. And I would take like Friday nights to even say, Jesus, this is me and your night, like date night kind of thing. How can you be more Christian than that? Yeah, like so Christian. Yeah. You know, and I remember really deciding to be intentional about my walk with God and really intentional of not pursuing relationships, not being out there available just in case someone says I, you know, like holler. And, um, you know, I really didn't want that anymore because I wanted more of Jesus. And I remember honestly, those months, it was like three to six months. I can't remember. It's like kind of, but it was three to six. Yeah. It doesn't make sense, but it's somewhere in between. There's like at least half a year. So probably six months where I remember that was like the most amazing time of my, in my Christian walk with God. 
Um, I felt like I would come home and couldn't wait to read the Bible. I would come home and just sit and like worship and cry before him. And I just wanted Jesus. And I really feel that happened not because I was a super Christian who just loved God and was perfect. Obviously, I've already shared no, but because I finally made a decision that that's what I wanted. And I feel like it just opened the door to finally taste and see that the Lord is good. And I realized in those times that like, like that I began to take away distractions. I let the dust settle. I got away from relationships and even the pursuit of wanting to be wanted. You know, us mm. women and people like we want someone to pursue us. We're filling these emotional holes, you know, and like, oh, I want, I want a relationship. But just there's people out there like that will just like leave it alone for a little bit. And when I did that, um, not trying to ramble, but it was the most fulfilling time of my relationship yeah. with Jesus. And I began to even go to Bible college, not only because I'm like, I want to be free and Joyce Meyer, but because I wanted to know more of God and really like learn more of his word. And it was just a really impactful time. And and then before you knew it, God spoke to me one day and said, hey, you're going to meet your husband soon. And um, he wasn't like, we weren't having coffee together. And he was like, hey, you know, like, just so you know, it was just one of those very rare moments in my life where I felt like God spoke clearly to me. And I met Homer a couple weeks later and all those desires to be with a companion and to have that marriage I always wanted and that family and that Christian man and, and then have sex once we got married, you know? Yeah. I mean, Hey, <laughs> it all happened and God's timing this guy. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, <laughs> you know it all happened in God's Three timing. Kids later. I know, let's pump the brakes, but you know, um, it all happened in God's timing. And I really, really look back and just see that God honored that time that I dedicated to Him and and wanted to like bless me. And when I met Homer and when we got married, it was honestly like, how did I like deserve this? I felt so still ashamed Stop. of like, you know, my past and and all that kind of stuff. But God really blessed. The desires in my heart and also the last thing I wanted to share is during that time where I was really seeking God and like pursuing and just like really enjoying being with him um, I, I did two things um, and I felt like God really um, led me in this and even through some Christian friends of mine kind of gave me these ideas one thing is I finally decided to decide what standards I had in a man. Mm. I never thought, oh, this is what I want. Boom, 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 boom. You know, this is what I, this is my standards. I'm not going to buckle down if it's this or that. I, I just went with whatever felt good at the time. So I decided to write a list of characteristics and personality traits and even looks. Hey, you don't have to go that far. But this guy was everything I, I wrote down. It. Barely, <laughs> but I wrote down. I still have the journal to this day. I think Crystal's seen it, maybe stuff. Um, some of my friends, Tamara, but anyways, we have it. And that little picture I drew looks just like Homer, it really does. And he's I, flexing. yeah, he, he's so cute. And look at him. And so, but anyways, my point is, is I finally one thing I did is decided instead of going with whatever, I'm going to decide what I desire. And I didn't even know, and I had to search my heart and pray. Yeah. And then the second thing is I really took my healing serious. You know, so many times you, you feel like you have a lot of insecurity issues or sexual issues or all these things, but yet you're still dating and you're just, there's just no time to get that healing. You know, it's just adding more and more junk in there. But I took that time by the grace of God to, to find healing. I, I went to like some spiritual counselor that prayed with me and talked with me and and I opened up to and she was able to lead me to like different truths of the Bible and yeah. and pray for me and it really did a work and I did that several times and really took my healing seriously and I feel like 
Did it make me perfect and ready for home? Or no, I still got issues, right, babe? No. Yeah, but it perfect. definitely, it definitely, it definitely healed my heart on some major things that would have really significantly affected our relationship negatively if I didn't take care of some of those bigger issues. Do they still come up here and there? Yeah, we deal with them. But you get my point. So healing um, is important. Standards is important, and time is important to let the dust settle and really just get a hold of this whole concept. And so that's kind of like some of my story on that. But I feel like it really, um, really made a difference. And I give like, that was all the grace of God. It's not like I had this master plan of how to get things ready. But yeah, so yeah, those are my thoughts. You know, that was so edifying. As you shared that, it, it really made me even think about like, gosh, we, we're more picky about what we're going to get on pizza than we are with the people we're going to date. That's true. Like, you, you you not even eat at a certain pizza restaurant, but you just take any guy that walks up. Mm. I mean, just even, let's say, well, come on, you're being exaggerative. What about even just choosing a car? Yeah. I mean, a car is a bigger commitment, right? Mm. You take a lot more time and energy in choosing the right car that you're going to buy. But with that guy or the girl, like, oh, well, they're available. Mm. Yeah. You know, dude, you're going to... be like, crap, that's cool, you know? Some of you are like, well, it's more commitment for a car. Like, no, nah, you, you're not including all the emotional baggage that you pick up with you. That's that's like a four-year term. You know, you need to really be more intentional about about dating, about seeing people, and and really take this idea seriously. And when it comes to this idea of letting the dust settle with time, this this last part I want us to just really wrap things up with is with this verse. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26 through 27, it says, And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. And what this verse just speaks to me is so comforting and it's it is an answer to that question of like, well, how am I going to do this? Yeah. It's that answer to that question of like, how am I going to get past all of this junk in my life, all this junk in my heart, and this idea of letting some time elapse as you pursue God is allowing time for that that heart exchange to happen, and it really just does amazing things for you to be able to focus on God for a season. We're not trying to tell you to, to go on this this like excursion where you're going up to a mountain and, and not talking to anyone that you <laughs> it's like, dude, just take some time to really focus on God in your life. This is a big deal. Yeah. And it's time to you know that it's serious. You've always said that you take your relationship with God serious, you take your religion serious, whatever you want to call it. You've always said that you've taken it serious, so why don't you actually start taking it serious? More serious than you, the way you choose pizza. Yeah. More serious than the way you choose a car. More serious than the way you, you uh, uh, have a relationship with somebody else. Take it serious and, and really have some time for you to focus on God because you do not need to co continue to believe in these manipulated tactics that the devil has been tricking you with and thinking that God doesn't want you. This, this internal desire of wanting to be wanted, that, that is so fulfilled in God. Mm -hmm. He truly loves you and wants you and cares about you just as you are. Mm -hmm. If you're thinking to yourself, 
I have a lot of messed up stuff that I've done. You don't even know if y'all even thought of one of my secret sins. You'd think I'm I'm the most horrible person, dude. <laughs> look, we've tried. We, I, I won't speak for Lauren, but I've done almost everything. Okay, and God still loves me. <laughs> Not like everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, almost everything. <laughs> I've done almost anything, everything, and I was a very horrible person before I gave my life to Christ. Some of y'all that know me are like, "That's true," <laughs> and. I'm telling you that Look at him now. that out of the sinners, I really resonate with Paul and saying I was the chief of sinners. And God sees just the potential within you as a, as a child loved by God. And you are loved by God. Allow that to resonate and don't be manipulated into thinking that God doesn't want you anymore because you made a mistake yeah. or because you can't falling into this or because you even think differently than what the Bible says. Why don't you just allow that time to be an opportunity to see if God would really change the way you think about something. So all that being said, if you're at a place where you are thinking, man, I think this is what I need to do right now. I want to really encourage you to have a moment where you pray tonight, even right now, and just say, God, I really want to start this right with you. I, I know, Jesus, what you did for me on the cross. I believe in my heart that you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross for my sins and for the sins of the world, and I believe that you rose from the dead three days later. Help me to really know what truth is. Help me to know who you are to me, and I want to figure out what it's like to have a pure, right, and holy relationship with you. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that at all or anything like it, please message us. We would love to connect with you as family. And if you're thinking throughout the, the time that we're talking about how uh, how important it is to have godly people to, to, to talk to, be transparent with or accountable with, we care about you. We love you. And we are always here to, to help in any way we can. The church is not about just hearing a, a message and being alone the rest of your life. Yeah. Church is about community. Mm -hmm. Church is about knowing that everyone matters. And in order to, to really express the fullness of church, the fullness of your relationship with God is experiencing the relationship with godly people. Yeah. And so don't be alone. Don't isolate yourself. Connect. Um, anything you want to say as we close out? I mean, I think we said it all, but um, we love y'all and we're, we're for y'all and y'all are doing a great job, you know? Yeah. And so, um, you know, we, we're always here and we want to connect with y'all on a personal level too. Um, but yeah, and so I enjoy tonight's talk and um, it's really edifying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, well, with that being said, uh, if you have it on your hearts to give today, when you give, when you donate, you truly cause these messages to happen. You help us to connect with people that haven't been connected with church before and you make a difference and our purpose as a church is love god love people make a difference if we do one of those things without the other we're not really doing our job as christians as a church and so if uh those of you who do give you really help make that happen um if you feel on your hearts to give today all you have to do is go to gravetop.com click the give tab and it tells you all the different ways to give there you can either just click give online straight from uh, the website or you can go, uh, you could give through third party apps like Venmo or Cash App. And you can even text to give um, or download our app and give that way too. Um, with all that being said, we are so grateful for you guys. You make a difference in Grape Top Church. And uh, as, a, as a special announcement, 
We are planning to be meeting up soon. We are waiting as a contingency uh, on our location. We have to wait for them to give us a green light yeah. um, or we have to start looking for a new place. So we'll keep you guys updated, but we just want to let y'all know that we are looking at meeting in person soon so uh get ready Coffee and goodies <laughs> yeah and hang out that's gonna be fun yeah we're, we're gonna give all. a whole class on washing hands and everything <laughs> <laughs> um because of the the whole thing yeah, yeah. Whole thing. um anyway we love you guys <laughs> have a great night be safe bye i hope you enjoyed the message today if you did, there's a couple things that you could do to connect. First is to subscribe to our show so that the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. And second is if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can click the link in the description or visit our website, gravetop.com, and you can give now. I'll see you next time on the Gravetop Church Podcast.